it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In May of 1999, a petrified 14-year-old girl stumbled into a Hong Kong police station with a chilling story to tell. For weeks, she had been tormented by the vengeful ghost of a woman bound with electrical wire and tortured to death. At first, the police simply dismissed her claims as the product of a teenager's overactive imagination. But when she revealed that the ghost was of a woman she helped murder, the authorities were immediately intrigued by her story, even though they remained skeptical. Despite their doubts, they asked the girl to lead them to the crime scene. They followed her back to a third-floor apartment at number 31 Granville Road. The place looked like it had been abandoned for quite some time. The floor was covered in filth and trash, with dark splotches of something that appeared to be dried blood visible in nearly every room. While searching the apartment, the police discovered a stuffed Hello Kitty doll. Like the rest of the place, it was heavily soiled with the same suspicious stains. When an officer picked the doll up, he noticed that it felt a little strange. It was unusually heavy, as if something had been hidden inside. He was completely unprepared for the horror he was holding in his hands. Curious, the officer reached in and felt something smooth and hard, something that felt a lot like bone. With a growing sense of dread, he pulled the object out and found himself staring at it in disbelief. He had just discovered the skull of 23-year-old Fan Mei Yi. This is Monsters. Even before her excruciating death, Fan Mei Yi lived a very troubled and difficult life. Born in 1975, Fan Mei Yi was sadly abandoned by her family when she was young and subsequently raised in an all-girls orphanage. At the tender age of 15, she was kicked out of the home due to the orphanage's age restriction and left to fend for herself. Without a place to go, Fan found herself homeless, so she relied on drugs to get by, and she relied on sex work to get the drugs. In 1996, Fan married one of her clients who was also an addict. Two years later, she gave birth to their son, but they were far from a happy family. According to the couple's neighbors, they were often awoken in the middle of the night due to their fights, which were usually accompanied by the sound of their son's terrified shrieking. Her husband was a violent man who beat her often, and she began to fear that it was only a matter of time before he raised his hand to their son as well. Fan was determined to protect her child and was willing to make some drastic changes in her life to ensure his safety. She ultimately decided to leave her abuser and found employment as a hostess at a nightclub, although she continued to wrestle with her addiction. In the early months of 1997, Fan met a 34-year-old socialite named Chan Man Locke at a nightclub. 
They were like two peas in a pod. Fan was a sex worker with a drug habit, and Chan was a pimp that sold drugs as a side hustle. So the fact that they seemed to immediately hit it off probably shouldn't come as a huge surprise. Fan became a frequent fixture in Chan's entourage, who were all members of a crime syndicate known as the Triad. He was more or less a group of yes-men eager to do Chan's bidding without much protest. Later that same year, Fan made a fatal mistake. Driven by her addiction and desperation for money, she stole Chan's wallet, which contained a small fortune in cash. Drug dealers usually don't take too kindly to being robbed, though, and Chan was no exception. As soon as he realized what had happened, he was filled with vengeful fury. She returned the money when confronted, but Chan wasn't satisfied. To teach her a lesson, he informed her that he would be charging $10,000 in interest. Knowing that if she was broke and desperate enough to steal his wallet, she definitely couldn't fork over that kind of cash. On March 17, 1999, Chan grew tired of waiting for his money, so he sent two minions named Lung Wei Lun and Lung Xing Cho to kidnap the woman. At first, he planned to force her back into prostitution and take all of her earnings until the debt had been repaid. But eventually, Chan and his goons felt that Fan's current punishment was far too lenient. Screw the money, they wanted to see her suffer. Fan's torture was an atrocity, but the story of the young girl who reported her murder to the police was equally chilling. See, the teenager wasn't just a witness to the crime, she'd actually joined in as one of Fan's tormentors. Not much is known about this 14-year-old girl. She was dubbed Ah Fong in court documents, which is probably a fake name given to protect her identity. She had some kind of tie to Chan Man Lok, but it's unclear if he was her boyfriend, her pimp, or both. Whatever the case, she told authorities that she had dropped by Chan's apartment one day, and during this particular visit, Ah Fong admitted that rather than intervening, she instead joined in the abuse. When the police asked why she chose to hurt the woman instead of calling for help, she told them that she, quote, had a feeling it was for fun. As part of her plea bargain, the exact details of the teenager's involvement were never made public. In exchange for legal immunity, Ah Fong testified against Chan Man Lok and his two henchmen, hoping to free herself from the haunting memories of the torture they inflicted upon Fan Mei Yi. She recounted the brutality of Fan's final month in vivid detail. They'd all get high together and take turns subjecting their captive to increasingly sadistic acts. Laughing the whole time, they would drip melted plastic onto her feet, leaving deep burns that made it impossible for her to walk. She was beaten with iron bars and sexually assaulted on a daily basis for the better part of a month. They used electrical wire to hang her from the ceiling like a human punching bag and rubbed chili oil into her wounds to maximize her agony. As horrific as that all was, though, things continued to escalate. She was forced to ingest human waste on several occasions, and they often made her smile as she was being beaten, demanding that she tell them how much she liked it. If she refused or offered any resistance of any kind, they punished her severely, burying her under layer after layer of unimaginable suffering. Fan Mei Yi's month of torture finally came to an end on April 15, 1999. It's not clear whether she died in her sleep or while her tormentors weren't around, but when Ah Fong found her body the next day, Chan told her that Fan had died after overdosing on methamphetamine. 
Given the extent of her injuries, however, most experts believe she went into traumatic shock which ultimately killed her. After all, the human body can only take so much before it begins to shut down. After discovering her lifeless corpse, Chan had his goons carry her to the bathtub and hack her into pieces with a saw. Afterward, they decided to boil her flesh in the hopes that it would slow down the decomposition process and prevent the rancid smell of decay. Disposing of a body is hungry work, and the killers apparently didn't mind making dinner right beside their victim's severed head, which was still sitting in a pot on the stove. They were so unbothered, in fact, that they used the same pair of chopsticks to stir their food and prod Fan's head around in the water, switching from pot to pot as if that was a completely normal thing to do. Although they discarded most of her body in the trash, they couldn't resist keeping a few souvenirs. Along with her skull, which was eventually sewn into the Hello Kitty doll, they also kept one of her teeth and a few of her organs, which they stored in a plastic bag in the fridge. All three men denied killing Fan, but they did admit that they prevented her from receiving a proper burial, which was a criminal act in Hong Kong. Both Chan and Lung Wei Lun pleaded guilty to false imprisonment, while Lung Xing Cho maintained his innocence on that specific charge. Throughout the six-week trial, the men pointed fingers at each other and downplayed their involvement in Fan Mei Yi's untimely demise. Given how little of her remains could actually be found, it was impossible for the medical examiners to nail down exactly what had killed her. Unfortunately, that meant there wasn't enough evidence for the jury to convict the men of murder. But even though the court couldn't prove that they meant to kill Fan, it did find that their abuse of her directly led to her death, whether they intended it or not. All three men were convicted of manslaughter on December 6th, 2000. They were each given life sentences with the possibility of parole after serving 20 years. Lung Xing Cho, the man who initially refused to plead guilty for the false imprisonment charge, filed an appeal and had his sentence reduced to 18 years, but he would actually get out much earlier. Just 12 years after Fan Mei Yi's horrific murder, Lung would be released on parole. In August of 2022, Lung resurfaced in Hong Kong's collective consciousness. He was found guilty of attacking a 10-year-old girl in late 2021, and given the laughably pathetic sentence of just one year behind bars. After the news of Fan Mei Yi's torment broke all over Hong Kong, the apartment where she was killed remained empty. Knowing what had happened inside the place, nobody was jumping at the chance to live there. It was rumored that Fan's spirit now roamed the halls of the building, which creeped the tenants out so much that they all began to leave as well. After sitting abandoned for several years, an investor finally bought the property in 2012 and had the building demolished. Here's the moral of this story. Be careful who you cross, because you never know if you might be in the presence of a monster. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. Please talk to your local shelter or call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or you can go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. This website is set up so that at any time, hitting the escape key twice will take you to a Google search page. That way, if your abuser is nearby, you won't get caught seeking help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, 
please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline by simply dialing 988 in the United States. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and will talk to you about any mental health issue you may be facing. Thanks so much for letting me tell you this story. If you enjoyed it, subscribe on whatever platform you're on, hit like, rate us, or leave us a comment. You can also check out our other show, Somewhere Sinister, on YouTube or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, check out our new merch at Teespring. The link is in the description. Thanks again, and be safe. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.